Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And I am so thankful that you are joining us today. Hey, I want to start off with something uh, a little different than I don't normally do today. Uh, and I might be doing it going forward because um, we're trying to uh, do something special through this podcast. And that is to uh, teach people and take people through their life and teach them to use the scriptures and what Jesus says to help them in life. And that's what we are using as our venture. That is what we call our venture. And so uh, we need your help. And to be able to do that, uh, we need more uh, people listening, uh, more people tuning in, uh, downloading our podcast. And so I'm asking that um, if you'll do me a favor, a personal favor, if you will, uh, if you like listening to this podcast, will you just do me a favor and make a comment below uh, through your whatever uh, platform you're using to listening to our uh, podcast with? Uh, just make some comments, do some likes, uh, whatever it might be. Share it uh, to get the word out there. Uh, we would love to grow our our audience. Uh, we are growing, but would love to grow it a little quicker, maybe to reach more people than what we are. Uh, that's our goal, obviously, uh, to teach people about who. Christ is and uh, who he can be in their lives. And so uh, we want to help people. And so you can help us uh, and then you'll be helping people. So I would love for you to be able to do that. Just take a moment and uh, finish that and do that today. That would be great. All right. So I want to start you off with a a quick story. Uh, I have a friend that I met a while back. Uh, He's not someone that attends church on a regular basis. And in fact, I don't think he still attends church anywhere. And so I got to know him uh, over a little bit of period of time, and and I realized, you know what, I haven't talked to him about Jesus, you know, uh, the spiritual things. And so I said, you know, maybe now's an t- appropriate time to be able to do that. And so I kind of approached him in a non-weird way, you know. I didn't want him to make it look like, um, uh, you know, I was uh, pushing him or forcing him or, or any kind of thing like that. And so I just started kind of talking to him about some spiritual things. And he said, you know what, Dan, I, I like you and all. But I just don't want to hear that that Jesus stuff that you're you're talking about. And I said, okay, fair enough. But I'm just curious. You've kind of sparked my interest now. You know why why don't you want the Jesus stuff? And he said, well, I tried Jesus, and it didn't work. And I said, okay, that's that's fair enough again. But I'm <laughs> you've made me more curious. Uh, how 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 come you know how come it didn't work? How come it didn't work for you? And he said, well, I went to church for almost two months straight. And during that time, my girlfriend broke up with me. I lost my job and my plumbing in my whole house backed up. And so I tried that Jesus and it just didn't work. And to me, I'm sitting there thinking in my head, going, man, that sounds like a bad country song. You know, my dog got run over, I spilled my beer, whatever, you know, and he's just going, you know, kind of talking about the stuff. And man, it was just, it got me thinking. Well, today's um, message is dedicated to any of you who feel like you're trying to do the Jesus stuff and life is not going the way you would expect, okay? We're in this message series called Things Jesus Never Said. And, and so you might be asking, why are we talking about what Jesus didn't say? 
because what Jesus said is so powerful and so profound that sometimes it's good to look at what he didn't say, what, what he could have said in order to see the power of what he did say. And so today I want to look at what Jesus didn't say about having good days, about having bad days, about life always being blessed. All right. So just for fun, we'll start out with some things that Jesus didn't say to keep in tradition with the last few weeks. Uh, and I know they've, I may have, have had some comments of, Dan, these are worse than bad dad jokes. And you're probably right, but we're going to stay with it. All right. <laughs> uh, Jesus never said, whoever does the will of my father will always get the best parking spots. He didn't say that. He never said, if you lose your life for my sake, you will always look great in a swimsuit. Now, some of you are probably like, man, I wish he really did say that, you know, but, but he never said it. Uh, he also never said, but seek first the kingdom of God and you will never get a zit before prom. Okay. Jesus never said that. Now I do have a question about, about zits. Is it pop or not? You know, to pop or not it, you know, not pop it or pop it. You know, I was always a popper. You know, I grew up, you, you got bonus points if you got something on the mirror from popping zits. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I had to say that to me. It was kind of fun, but anyway. But here's the deal with zits too, is you know what real love is? When you're close enough to pop the zit on the back of your spouse, that's, that's real love. You can, you can mark that down, hashtag relationship goals, okay? <laughs> here's what I hope you'll understand. Jesus never, ever promised that you'd always be healthy, that you'd certainly be wealthy, that you'd always get the best parking spots, or that your Wi-Fi would never buffer when you're watching Netflix or or downloading a podcast, you know? So we are talking about things Jesus never said. And so what I want to do today is look at what Jesus did say in John's gospel, John chapter 16. And the context is Jesus was going to let them know um, that he was going to give his life. And he was giving his disciples last-minute instructions, his final thoughts, the final prayer, to empower them to go out on to their mission. And this is what Jesus said about his impending death. Okay, it's John 16. And we're going to start verse 20. He says, Very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. And then he goes on in verse 21 and says, A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby was born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. Now, I saw this play out a couple of times with my wife giving birth to our, our kids. Uh, we went through the birthing classes and such, and, and we thought we knew it all. You know, we, we, we figured we were ready, prepared to go. And I know my wife said she was pretty much ready to go. And, and the day comes, and, and she gets her epidural. And she got an epidural because she's not crazy like some of you who think that all natural is just the way to go. And, and I, I think they created drugs for a reason on some cases. So <laughs> she got her epidural, and she goes through the phase where it's not that bad. And then it's like, this is the worst thing ever. Get me out of here. I quit. You know, and then somewhere in there, she looks at me and she goes, you did this to me. You do something about it. Now, I, I don't know specifically she said those words, but I do know she gave me that look like you need to do something about this, you know? And I stood there and did nothing about it because I didn't know what to do to take away the pain. You know, I wasn't prepared to take away the pain. Well, then at the end of the both births, we have two kids, there was one of the most holy moments that anyone could ever have. And that's when she has or gets to hold her newborn child. And all the pain vanishes. And never did she say it wasn't worth the pain. 
Jesus says you're going to weep and you're going to mourn. There's going to be some bad days, but your pain will turn into joy when you continue to walk with Jesus. And he goes on to say in verse 22, so with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. And then he goes in verse 33, and this is where he kind of explains why he is giving all this advice, okay? He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. See, Jesus doesn't say you'll always have good days. You'll never have pain. You're going to crush it. You're going to own it. You go, girl. He never, ever says you're always going to be blessed, that the sun's always going to be at your back. The wind's always going to be behind you. What he does says does say is this. In this world, you will have trouble. It's a promise. Challenges are certain. Pain is a promise. Suffering in this world. Jesus says it's inevitable. Welcome to Chandler Acres, where we try to help you make you feel good about yourself, right? (laughs) That's kind of a horrible way to think about things, right? But you have to understand, Jesus, just because you follow Jesus doesn't mean you're promised a pain-free life. He says you'll be persecuted, you will face hardships, you will face trouble, and, and tragically, that's where some of you are right now. You're in the middle of a, a very difficult season in your life. You might feel left out, overlooked, rejected, perhaps all alone. There are those of you who have failed at something and you've lost your confidence and, and you're in a season of trying to shake off depression. But no matter how hard you try, it just gets heavier and heavier in your soul. Some of you, it's a, it's a dark time financially right now. The pressure, it just hangs there. and It just will not go away. Tragically, there are some of you with health challenges. Others of you, it's relational. You've got a kid that no matter how much you love, no matter how hard you try, your child continues to make decisions that you know that are, are dangerous or destructive. You're trying to love them in the right, right direction, but they continue to go in the wrong direction. Maybe it's work. Whatever it is, the pain feels unbearable. There's more to do than humanly possible. You're, you're afraid, you're hurting, you're overwhelmed, and it doesn't seem like anyone understands. And it's in times like that that you're, you're tempted to be just like my friend and wonder, God, where are you? I'm trying to follow you. I'm doing this Jesus thing, this Jesus stuff, and I'm, all I'm feeling is pain. I'm hitting a wall, hitting resistance. Where are you, God? If pain is a promise, then there must be some type of purpose behind what God says. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about two of the blessings that we actually experience in trouble and hardship. Okay, The first one is this. Trouble and hardship proves your faith. It proves your faith. It reveals the depth of your faith and trust in Jesus. In fact, in in Peter's epistle, he, he was writing to a group of extremely persecuted Jesus followers. It's around the year 60 to 65 AD, and the evil emperor Nero was persecuting followers of Christ in ways that are even difficult for me to to get my mind around. One thing that he would do is this. He would take dead animals and skin the animals, put the skin around the body of Christians, sew them into it, and then release wild dogs to attack these Christians and watch and cheer as the dogs would eat the Christians alive. And if that's not crazy enough for you, he would throw parties at his palace and he would pour wax onto Christians, tie them to trees, and then light them on fire and make them human candles as he was entertaining guests to the screams of dying Christians. 
And it's into that very context, Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, pens these words when he says in 1 Peter 1.6, he says, so be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. And then he says something that's always gripped me. He says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. Whenever I think about that, if there's such a, a such thing as a, as a genuine faith, there must be something as a counterfeit faith. In fact, if there's one fear that weighs on, on me as a pastor in this culture today is I'm afraid that there are so many people that have a counterfeit faith. It looks real from the outside, but the roots don't go deep underneath. One of the reasons I think I know this so well is because there was this was me for so much of my life. I, I grew up in going to church. I knew when to stand up and sit down and stand up and sit down, and I could find the hymn number 353 and really fast and, and sing it with you. And on the outside, I looked like a follower of Christ, but on the inside, it just wasn't real. One thing that kind of happens to me is that sometimes people, I don't even know, often confess things to me. It's bizarre, I know. I was at a, a restaurant and had a, a really cool waiter, and he found out that I was a, a pastor during, this, during our conversation. And he goes, you know, I go to church all the time. And then he said, with a pause, I'm sorry, I, I'm lying. I haven't been in a couple of months. And he kind of pauses, and he goes, you know what? I just lied again. I haven't been in a couple of years. And then he started telling me what happened, how his grandmother got sick and died and he got mad at God and he lost his job and so he had to work an extra job and the next thing you know, he started drinking and doing drugs and, and, and on meth and all this stuff and it, it sounded like a bad country song again, right? And what's so interesting is how often something like this happens. Hey, I'm kind of in the church thing, I'm doing the God thing, I'm doing the Jesus stuff and then something bad happens or we make a bad decision and we're pulled away. Our roots aren't deep enough. And Jesus told a parable about that. He said, sometimes a little plant grows up and, and the thorns choke out the life. The worries and the cares of this world will make it unfruitful. And sometimes the roots don't grow deep enough. And whenever trouble or hardship comes, suddenly it's scorched out. And so with everything in me, I don't want that to happen to you all. Trouble and hardship proves your faith. So what do you see so often is you, you see things like, you know, or people saying, I've got migraines. God, where are you? Or, you know, I got rejected from grad school. God, I can't trust you. Or you didn't answer my prayer, God. You must not be real. No, actually, it's in those times when you have a genuine faith and your roots are deep. And when the sun burns and the wind blows, you, you stand strong because your faith is real. Trials prove your faith. Another thing that's interesting is what Jesus does. He, he contrasts two things. You hope you don't miss this. He says, in the world, you will have trouble. And that's a part of being in a broken, sin-stained world. There's trouble. But he says, in me, you will have peace. In the middle of trouble, in a sin-filled world, you can still have peace from heaven, a peace that goes beyond our human ability to understand or even comprehend. Trials, trouble, it proves your faith. And so if you're, if you're still standing, your faith is real. If you're still going to church on Sundays and worshiping in the middle of a trial, your faith is real. And no one can take away what God is doing in you because I promise you, he will turn your grief into joy. He says it right there in scripture. Trials and trouble, they prove your faith. They also do something else. And so this is the second one I wanted to talk to you about. 
is trials and troubles will prepare you for purpose. It's not just something happening to you, but it's something God is doing in you. You want to grow stronger? You want to make? You want to have better faith? You want to be prepared to do more? Then newsflash, okay? Ease and comfort are gonna are never gonna make you stronger. In fact, I like to read James chapter one like I've never read it before. It, it's so mind blowing to think about God's word, how God's word will say to you, uh, and what He will say to you when you're in the middle of a trial right now, okay? James one says says this, and I'm gonna read it to you, and it's two through four, James one, two through four. And I encourage you to, to look that up later and read it like you never read it before. Listen to what it says. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It prepares you for purpose. You put your confidence in God. It's the resistance that's doing something in you, preparing you for something in the future. You say, well, I don't see the point. I'm, I'm just so discouraged. I'm overwhelmed. I'm afraid. Listen to me. Could it be that God's preparation, preparation comes packaged as pain? Could it be that the very thing God is preparing in you for you to do later on, it comes packaged as hardship or as trouble and as a trial? How did God prepare Joseph to rule over Egypt? By, by being rejected by his brothers, by being sold into slavery, by being falsely accused of a crime he did con- not commit? The roots were growing deeper. His confidence was growing stronger. Peter in the New Testament walks out on water until he looks away, and then he's in the water. And what did he do? It put him in a place where he needed to trust in Jesus even more so. And he becomes bold. He says, Jesus, I will never deny you. I'm always going to be here. I'm your guy. And if those other losers deny you, I never will. And one, two, three times he denies Jesus. And Jesus reinstates him, validates him with his love, says, you're still called. Go out and feed my sheep. How did God prepare Peter to be the speaker on the day of Pentecost? He developed resilience through resistance. Could it be that God's preparation for you often comes packaged as pain? Sometimes I just tell myself, it, it's, not, it's not pain, it's preparation. Okay? Tell yourself, it's, it's not pain. It's, it's not just what's happening to me. It's God doing something in me. He's strengthening me. He's preparing me for something to come. Change your perspective. You aren't turned down. You're being toughened up. Maybe there's an offense. What does it do? It purifies your heart. It's cleansing your soul. Maybe there's a lowliness. It's, it's teaching you to trust God. It's forcing you to be more intimate with him than you've ever been in your life. Maybe there's the betrayal, and it's increasing your capacity to love like Jesus loved, to forgive like Jesus forgave. The setback. Maybe there's a setback. Maybe it's a setup to, for God to show, show up and to show off. And, and if you're filled with pain, there's always a purpose in your pain. God never, ever wastes a hurt it proves your faith. It, pre- it prepares you for purpose. I hope you'll understand and I hope you'll embrace the good news. And the good news is the gospel. The good news of God's love. The good news of his grace. The good news of his presence. Believe it or not, the good news is not that Jesus delivers you from your pain. The good news is that Jesus delivers you from your sins. There's still pain with it. The good news is that his grace is here that he is real and he is working in all things. 
He never promised you that your girlfriend wouldn't break up with you and you wouldn't lose your job and your plumbing wouldn't back up in your entire house. Following Jesus isn't about having the life the way you want it on earth. It's actually about denying yourself, taking up your cross, dying to self to follow him. You see, the world is temporary. Do you guys understand that? The world is temporary. The world is passing. The world is fading away. And that's why Jesus said this, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. In this world, you will have heartache. You will have pain. You will be rejected. You will cry yourself to sleep sometimes at night. But in Christ, you can have a peace that goes beyond the human ability to understand. And that's why I can be hurting on the inside with all sorts of of personal pain and smile on the outside and, and preach with fierce faith because my faith has been proven. You know, you can knock me down, but I'm coming back because my roots are deep. And if there's anything strong in me today, it's not me. It's been him in me, preparing me for purpose. Are you born of God? Do you have real faith? Is it a genuine faith? Because if you do, John says something that I love. He says in 1 John 5, 4 through 5, he says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Let me say that last part again. Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Who is it that thrives in the brokenness of this world? Who is it that lets the light shine in the darkness? Who is it that has faith even though they don't see it with their own eyes? Who is it that comes back and continues to believe in Jesus? Who is it that overcomes this world? He says only the one who believes that Jesus is as the son of God, the one who said it, the one who lived it. In this world, you will have bad days. You will have heartbreaks. You will have letdowns, and you will have trouble. That's what Jesus says. It's a promise. But he also said this. It's another promise. I have overcome this world. In the world, you will have trouble, but in Christ, you will have peace and joy. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Venture Podcast. I love talking with you guys every single week. And again, I would love for you guys to be able to make a, a comment or a share or make a like on any platform you're listening to us. Also, if you ever want to help us give back to uh, financial and help support this ministry, we'd love for you to do that as well. We love talking to you, and we will be back next week to do just that. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.